guys, and welcome to another episode of the Road to 2021 podcast series. You're joined by your hosts, Tierra and Jack. And before we get into this episode, we just wanted to remind you guys that if you enjoy these episodes, please remember to repost it onto your Instagram story, tag myself, tag Tierra, tag TBD. And also, if you are interested in any of our coaching services, please head over to our website, www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com, which you can also find in the show notes and any of our Instagram bios as well. Amazing. So episode nine today, that means we've been doing this now for over two months. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it freaking flies, man. But you know, every single week flies, but what's been up with you for the past week? Yeah, so I've had a fortunately a fairly ordinary week and everything's gone well. Uh, I've actually, training's been pretty on point. As many of you know, in previous episodes, I said that I have decreased my volume, basically putting down a lot of my compound lifts to two sets. So most of my weekly volume per body part is now around 10 to 14. And I've actually decided to increase that. I decided to do that last week. And that was partly because I've changed split now to three upper and two lower. So I go upper, lower, rest, upper, lower, upper. And the reason why I've increased it is because personally, I think I can handle a bit more volume throughout this approach because I'm not, say I'm not doing a whole push day where I'm doing like 10 sets of pushing movements. Um, It's all spread out throughout the week. And on my Saturday upper session, following my lower day, that's more accessory based where I can take things like a chest fly or a single arm lap pull down, upright row. I do quite a lot of arm exercises there as well. I can take that to a high intensity and not really increase fatigue by that much. Mm -hmm. So you did this split previously before we went into isolation. And then is the reason for why you changed your split into more of a, it was, what was it? Upper, lower push pull legs, right? The reason you changed that is because we had limited, you know, exercise variation. We didn't really have many options when we were here. Is that why? Yeah, that that's it really. And because yeah, on that final upper day, I do things like a chest fly, which I throughout the week I do three chest fly variations, and I do yeah a bunch of other stuff. So and especially the arm exercises as well. Like you can really only do a curl at home. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess you can only do a curl at the gym as well, but different types of curling. (laughs) Yeah, you can do machine curl, bicep curl, barbell curl. You just got more options, you know? The gym's epic. (laughs) So, yeah, it's been great being back at the gym, though. And I almost feel like that doing doing everything with suboptimal equipment at home has kind of acted like a... and almost a variation in training because coming back to the gym, I'm actually a lot stronger now that I'm back to, like, a proper barbell, proper bench... Like, especially in things like the RDL where I was basically doing deficit RDLs at home because of how small the plates were. With the bench, it was a really thin bar, wonky plates as well, pretty average bench. Mm-hmm. So because of that, like my lifts have gone up from going back to the gym. Like uh, Upon going back to the gym, like I hit an all-time bench PB, which was 105 kilos for three by seven. And yeah, I'm looking, I remember last week I wanted to increase my RDL progressively and so far so good for that as well. Mm -hmm. I've been wondering as well, you know, because we have our funky bar here at home that we've been using for the past two and a half months and it's like 10.2, 10.3 kilograms 
And then obviously to make it the same weight as you would normally bench or deadlift or squat or whatever, you have to put more weight on the side. And it's the weight isn't as evenly distributed compared to if you were using an Olympic barbell, which is 20 kilograms, and then you would have a little bit less weight on each side. I really wonder if that would impact our performance, you know, because we're still lifting the same weight, but it's it's distributed in a different way. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. It kind of it feels like it should make sense. So. Yeah, I feel like it should make sense. But the same, I don't know. I think that would actually be a really interesting study for, you know, some sort of lab to conduct or perhaps it has been done and I just have to look it up. But I really wonder about how weight is distributed if it really does make a difference. Because you know how sometimes you're lifting dumbbells at the gym and like it can be the exact same weighted dumbbell, but sometimes like the bar is quite thin, but like the two sides of the dumbbells, they're like really, really big and clunky. Mm. And then other times you might lift another dumbbell that's the exact same weight, but it's smaller and more compacted. I feel like I'm always able to lift more weight with more compacted dumbbells or you know just perform more reps just because it feels a lot more comfortable the way it's distributed yeah yeah the dumbbells at world gym acrobat are like that they're really Mm -hmm. good yeah they're great but if anyone knows the answer to that question i'd be very curious i'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts too (laughs) probably just comes down to stability i think yeah yeah but so other than training that's gone well what else has been up with you this past week uh, well, I had a little bit of a scare with my knee slash quad. So I did on my session second leg day back, uh, the workout was great. But upon coming back home, I had some quad and knee pain, which like was very new to me. Like usually knees are completely fine for me. So I freaked out a little bit. And fortunately, I, I did end up seeing my physio Scott and... Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't, they would kind of just leave it be or just see how it, see how it goes. And I sort of have the rule with me where if, if I wake up, actually it was a full week before I saw him, which is, um, I think, okay. And I did do a leg session before seeing him, but I just didn't do any quad movements. I did hamstring and yeah, I usually go by the rule. If it doesn't really get any better, like linearly better, like if it doesn't improve by like 10%, across a week or a few days and I'm like okay I don't really know what's going on I'm just gonna book and see someone and then I can get a proper answer and then mentally as well make me feel a lot more reassured because okay I have an act- a plan in place in order to help me because otherwise I'm just in the dark which is I don't like being um, in that situation so yeah I saw Scott apparently it was just a very mild strain which um or yeah mild strain which I was a bit surprised about like a good in, in a good way because it was quite painful but I had a session back already and yeah it was completely fine which is interesting yeah well you literally trained legs right after that consult with Scott and you got a new squat PB yeah I did so I got yeah one four five for two by six amazing but you know like Jack it really goes to show just how much psychology plays in with this right and can you touch on that a little bit? Because do you think that it's, it, it is related to, you know, your past injury history, right? Mm. Yeah, I think based off my previous injuries and I just really don't like getting injured because it really, I've, I've been injured so much before and I know what will happen. Like it's just a big slog getting back to normal training and you lose progress. 
that I think I am like hypersensitive to pain when it comes to injuries. And it's not exactly, it's not necessarily the pain that bothers me, but when something hurts, I'm like, okay, I don't want to use this. But it goes to show that, especially with this one, um, even though it lasted for less than a week, like uh, if I hadn't have seen Scott, I probably, probably who knows how long it would have taken me before. Okay, let's just try squatting again. Mm-hmm. So how, like, what is that like? You know, cause, cause you do manifest this a little bit in your head, but because we've had, you've had this experience this past week where someone who is well-educated as a physio, you know, someone that you trust tells you that, no, Jack, honestly, everything's okay. Nothing's wrong with your knee. How do you think you're going to be able to apply that to future situations where you might feel a bit of a niggle? Yeah, so fortunately, Scott gave me some advice for that. And he basically said to look at it a bit more objectively, because obviously I'm looking at it very subjectively. And if something happens during the workout, like your muscle tears, or if you have a big loss of function, lots of swelling, then that's a very acute injury. And that's going to be something where it's going to take a while to recover. Whereas if like in that session, I didn't get any pain during that session. It was only once I got home, it started hurting a bit. Then you can, again, obviously this doesn't apply to everyone or in every circumstance, but as a general rule, like you haven't torn something in that session and then not felt it. It's Mm -hmm. unlikely that that's happened. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, I personally, I think it's a good thing that I see someone quite soon just to get a plan but I think I just need to not hyper react yeah yeah well you know we lift and we learn so (laughs) that's a great thing but no it's I'm really glad that your knee obviously is okay and uh, that you do have Scott in your corner I think it just pays off so much to have him there Mm, thank you yeah so what about training Uh, well you've touched on training what about nutrition yeah so nothing really has changed that much with nutrition I've been on yeah very similar macros for a while now, just kind of maintaining around the 93 mark. And I might might push up to 94, just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, so my weight is just fluctuating a fair bit at the moment as well. So. so like what numbers does it fluctuate between? Well, it was like 92.8 yesterday and then it was 93.7 today, which mm-hmm. is quite a big fluctuate, fluctuation. And yeah, not really sure why, but I'm sure the scale will go down tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, okay, something pretty funny happened this week. This was a few days ago, right? And Jack woke up and he was like, he was like, oh my God, you know, my weight dropped by 500 grams last night. Like it must've been that walk we went on yesterday. And like, (laughs) we went on like an extra 10 minute walk around the block with the dogs. I don't remember saying that. I remember I just remember, being that worried either. I re- no, you weren't worried, but you just exclaimed like, my body weight dropped by half a kilogram. But one, that would be pretty magical if a 10 minute walk could burn through 500 calories. That would be, you know, like one plus to cardio right there. But right after Jack said that, he's like, I don't know why my weight dropped. Um, I was unracking the dishes right in the morning and I pull out, like Jack always makes pasta every single night for his big stir fry. And uh, I pull the pasta dish out of the drying rack and I'm like, Jack, what the heck is this? And there's all this dried pasta stuck to the bottom of the pot. And I'm like, Jack, what the heck? And he's like, oh man, (laughs) I must have forgotten to eat my pasta. And I'm like, what the heck? So one, that kind of makes sense why Jack's weight dropped. Because what was it like? Is it like 100 grams of pasta? Yeah. 
Yeah, like about 70 carb. Yeah, 70 carb. And then when you think that, you know, each gram of carbs will retain three to four grams of water plus the weight of the pasta, that kind of makes sense with that extra Mm. food bulk for that 500 grams. But it also just reinforced the position you are at in your improvement season where you're like, have such minimal food focus that like you don't even remember to eat your pasta or you didn't even notice it was in the dish and you ate the entire dinner. I don't. I noticed that the dinner was lower volume, but I just didn't put the two together. I just, it's like you just were just eating it with a spoon and you didn't even look down at it. You're just like, I just want to get this over with, man. But, uh, oh, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I've never seen anything like that. I would never, I don't think I'll ever be in a position in my life where I forget to eat like a main component of my dinner, especially if I've cooked it Mm. and I just leave it on the counter. (laughs) You crack me up. (laughs) How's your week been though? Anything as eventful as that? (laughs) No, not quite as eventful as that, but uh, no, this past week's been really good. To be honest, like it's just been amazing. It is so damn awesome being back at the gym. And I swear to God, I wake up every morning and I'm just like, keen to train. Like, oh God, I just appreciate being there so much. And uh, it's just amazing, you know? And what's really great is just being back at the gym. One, our workouts are way more efficient, right? Because like, we're not spending a whole bunch of time, one, waiting, because we only had one barbell and like, two sets of dumbbells or like a set of dumbbells and like it would take so much time you know like unracking re-racking plates waiting for one of us to finish one of our bar barbell movements like all this stuff right and just in this tiny little cramped dining room so our workouts were taking like three hours plus i swear but now obviously it's way more efficient we're usually out of there after just two hours which still very two and a half yeah still really decent workout but that's less time but also like i've just been able to up my volume with just those little extra exercises that you wouldn't always do because you just have access to the machines there you have access to the dumbbells and it's volume that i can certainly recover from so i'm talking about like doing extra lateral raises on my lower body days or doing extra hip abductions on my upper body days or you know like using the decline sit-up machine just different little things like that because you can just superset exercises like that and when the machine's just there like I don't know I'm so much more motivated to do that exercise compared to being at home and doing mm. those sorts of exercises so I just love it so much and I love having access to a leg press again right like I'm doing leg press now three times per week I'm doing single leg leg press World's Gym Brisbane has this amazing single leg leg press machine which I feel just an amazing connection with my quads with so I'm doing that twice per week and then I'm doing double leg leg press on one of the incline leg press machines once per week and it's such a good leg press it's one of those ones where because in the past whenever I've used a leg press you know when I try to get that full range of motion and bring my knees to my chest my like butt and lower back just generally kind of comes off the seat and you always get that bit of a twinge and it's just a lot of pressure on the lower back but luckily I don't feel any sort of pain like that with the machines at World's Gym Mount Gravatt so I'm just absolutely loving training right now I'm just so motivated and I think it's just so nice to finally leave the house you know to go to a different environment to train rather than just being home purely all day because we because we work from home 
right? And uh, just going into the dining room and getting into that mentality, it's so much better to actually go into a real gym where music is pumping and you're just surrounded by other people working out and a bunch of equipment. So I'm just in love with training right now. And, you know, like I'm still at that stage where just performance is just going up, you know, on every single session on the daily. So like this past week, uh, my bench press went significantly up because the week before I did 50 kilogram bench and I did a set of 10, two sets of eight and a set of seven. And then this past week I did it again. I got a set of 10, two sets of nine and a set of seven. So, you know, just reps are going up. I got a new RDL PB as well. It's the first time in my life I've ever RDL'd 80 kilograms before. And I did that for four by 12. And even this next week, cause I got four by 12, like I know that I can go up and wait now too. And similar situation to you, it's because I'm, we're used to, you know, almost doing deficit RDLs with those tiny little plates here at home the last yeah. two and a half months. Like strength is just, it's just up. It just, it feels so damn good. And I'm, I'm loving training and just like. You can say that three more times. Oh, no, you just got to understand, man. Like I will never take the gym for granted again. I'm, I'm actually really grateful we went through this period, especially before we start a prep in a few months. So, uh. Yeah, it's um, it's really, really good. And so right now, I did achieve my goal from last week. I set that improvement season goal to pretty much maintain my body weight. So it's hovering anywhere between like like the high 63s, like 63.8 and like low 64s, like 64.2, just fluctuating between there. So that's really good. And I just feel really good in my body composition right now. And I've had a lot of time you know, to really think about this, but, uh, because when you come out of a comp prep, we know that you're a bit hormonally compromised, right? You're not in the best hormonal position to actually put on new muscle tissue. You are, you know, a lot more susceptible to putting on body fat because you're at a very low body fat percentage. And that's a top priority for your body at that time. But I just truly feel that ever since my prep ended about, you know, three, three and a half months ago. Like, I just feel like the way that I've been able to manage the entire period, I've just responded really, really well to it. So I've gained around six or so kilograms now, but, and I've been this weight at around 64 kilograms before in my life, but I've never looked like this in my life and I've never, ever been this strong before in my life. And even numbers that perhaps I have pushed before, I pushed closer when I was up to like 68 kilograms. So I'm much stronger at this body weight. And I think it's truly just, it's really tied in with the life situation I'm in right now. Cause it's not just diet and training. It's a whole bunch of other lifestyle factors too, because you know, Jack and I, we've always optimized our diet and our training, right? Like we've always done the best that we could. And then when we learn new things and how to do things, you know, in a more efficient manner or a more strategic manner, we'll apply that and we'll constantly build our skills. But I'd say ever since we met each other, Jack, right? Like over four years ago, we've always put a big emphasis on trying to eat well. And we've been training five or six days a week, every single week since then. Uh, but you know, when I ended uni last year, right. And I also resigned from UQ sport in all the years prior to that, despite putting a large emphasis on my diet 
and on my training, right? One, I was at uni, so I went through periods of major stress, right? I was also working at UQ Sport, which had crazy hours of like opening the gym at 5 a.m., shutting the gym at 11.30 p.m. I was working really long shifts, so I never actually had a structured sleep schedule, all of those sorts of things. But once I finally ended that, I went straight into a comp prep, so I was in a caloric deficit. But even though I was in a caloric deficit, you know, we were training at World's Gym Brisbane. We finally had a training routine where we could train at the same time every single day. You know, I was getting really good quality sleep, finally had a solid sleep schedule. We were working from home. So all of those factors were taken care of. But the one thing is, is that, you know, I was now in a caloric deficit. But now coming out of comp prep, right, I feel like finally Everything is aligned in my life for the very first time and I'm truly able to optimize everything now, you know, so I'm able to uh, eat and train very, very strategically in a progressive overload manner. I have a very regular sleep schedule, you know, Jack and I are getting eight and a half to nine hours sleep every single night. My stress is well managed, you know, we're working from home. I'm really happy in life. So like, and just recovery wise too, you know, doing yoga every single day, even this, this past week, I passed that mark of doing yoga consecutively every single day for two months straight now, which I'm really proud of. And it's, it's just made such a difference to my recovery rates and my flexibility and everything. So I finally feel like coming out of this prep the stars have aligned and just, I'm really truly able to put my all into this. And I, I really think that's reflecting in my physique and I'm so, so freaking happy about that. And it just makes me ecstatic because finally now, Jack, that, you know, we're out of uni, we're not working for someone else anymore. You know, we're in full control of our lives. We can truly just do this for the rest of our lives. And I think it's, And it's going to have such an incredible positive impact on our ability to keep progressing because we can manage our stress and our sleep and all these things other than just training and nutrition. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Like there's there's just going to be a variety of people who want to maximize that. Like they want to get nine hours of sleep a night. They want to train on their own time. And I guess it just goes with their level of dedication towards bodybuilding and some people will want to be the best in the world and they will want to do that. Other people are happy getting less sleep if it means they can do something else or having meals at different times or enjoying other types of food and not always tracking macros. And that's just the way it is. And some of those people might still get better results than the people who maximize everything. Uh And that's just how genetics work as well. So that's my sort of point on that. Yeah, I know. And I totally agree. That's the thing. Like, you can't net like it's it's a hell of a lot easier said than done you know you see these infographics on instagram and it's like make sure you get nine hours of sleep you know have four to five meals a day you know train in a progressive overload manner manage your stress you know all of these different things make sure to stretch (laughs) like all of these different things but like it's a hell of a lot easier said than done and that's why I've always wanted to be able to do these things but at the same time I've made those sacrifices because I'm like okay, like I'll try to get the best sleep I can, but like I also want to work at UQ Sport, you know? I really love my job there. I also want to make some money. So I'm I'm going to sacrifice, you know, a bit of having a very structured sleep schedule every single day, right? So that I can work at UQ Sport. Mm. Or 
I want to go to uni, you know, I want to get a degree. And I realized that lectures, you know, and placement times and practicals, they're going to be at different times every week, right, of every single semester, every single year. And I'm just going to have to work my meal timing around that. I might not be able to eat at the exact same time every single day. But it's interesting experiencing both now. That's just what I'm finding because before, you know, we were still making progress, right? Because we were still nailing the fundamentals. We were still getting everything done at the end of the day. But what I'm really trying to say is like, I just feel personally now that everything is in my control, you know, it's, uh, it's really, really just paying off in my health and fitness and physique endeavors and my goals. And I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm really happy and it's cool. It's cool to experience this after a working for so many years to actually be able to be in this position in life. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, uh, other than that, not much else happened this week. You know, I, uh, I ordered a bunch more rider wear stuff. I feel like that's something I'm going to do every single year. I think last year I spent like $800 on rider wear for their end of financial year sales. This year I was a bit more. as much as a holiday. (laughs) I know, but I love rider wear. Uh, but uh, like this year, I was a bit more responsible. I only spent like 200, but also because for my birthday, it was really special. My friend Candace, she surprised me with like my dream rider wear set, which is like this like blue and white stripes, like uh, crop top and a bottom. And oh, I love it so much. That was like the best surprise, so unexpected. And like Jack's parents as well, they gave me like a rider wear voucher as well for my birthday. So got some of that plus I ordered some of my own stuff because it's just on sale but went to the dog beach again that was fun we had a rest day roast or a rest day fish again this week we tried rainbow trout Mm. so that was delicious I actually I actually might like it more than salmon yeah it's it's good it's more it's less fishy it doesn't have that fishy taste Mm -hmm. yeah so if anyone uh, is in Woolworths or Coles you know try out rainbow trout sometime instead Mm. of the salmon it's it's actually usually even cheaper too. Uh, yeah, delicious. Because I watch there's there's this channel I watch on YouTube sometimes called Young Bloods, which is really mm. good. And like they, whenever they critique a fish flavor, they always talk about how far away from fish it tastes. Mm. And they usually say, okay, I actually, they usually prefer it when it doesn't taste like fish. They would rather it taste like chicken or something. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I want mine like halfway in between. Like I don't want like. You know mullet? Like they mm. are the stinkiest or sardines, most dis- right? No, sardines are amazing. <laughs> Don't diss sardines, man. <laughs> you uh, can't get more fishy than sardines. No, though. you can't get more fishy than mullet. Mullet are gross. I remember the first share house I ever lived in. Uh one time this oh, this person I lived with, they were making like a mullet curry and the house stunk like mullet for days. It was so disgusting. But yeah, never eat a mullet, man. Like, <laughs> anyway. It's like a bait fish, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bait fish. Like, ah, yuck, stinks. Um, but yeah, mullet, that's fishy. So you want to be as far away from mullet as you can. But I still like a little bit of fish. Like, I love... You want to know you're eating fish. Yeah, you want to know you're eating fish. You want to know you're not eating, eating chicken <laughs> or something. So yeah, um, that nice little fishy in-between. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all for me. It's been overall a good week, and I'm just keen to train today, and I'm just keen to keep training for you know all the time to come. I guess right after we um, 
recorded our last podcast, World's Gym Brisbane released a post, right? And now they've opened. But the thing about World's Gym Brisbane is that they're actually closed between the time that Jack and I train. Mm. We usually train midday, but World's Gym Brisbane is closed between 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., which is the exact time. We usually train between like 1230 to 3-ish, right after lunch kind of thing. So until they fully open, we'll probably keep training at World's Gym Mount Gravatt. Then I think here in Queensland, it's around the 12th of July when all of the restrictions are easing and they'll let like up to 100 people in the gym. There won't be necessarily those like sections anymore. Uh, So once that happens, then we can go back to World's Gym Brisbane. We can upgrade to that passport membership and, you know, keep training at both gyms and keep training all the World's Gyms. Yeah. It'd be so good. And I think it's really going to be nice to have a membership to World's Gym Mount Gravatt in the summer, especially in prep, because man, going through this last prep in the Australian summer at World's Gym Brisbane, like I love that place, but there was this one day where it was like 41 degrees. It was disgustingly hot and like training in this warehouse gym and like you're not in the direct sunlight or anything, but just the heat like it's like an oven literally oh man i remember training legs that day and like doing like having to rack up like a hip thrust bar and stuff and like all the barbells were like so hot it almost burnt your hands they were that hot and like if there's other days like that we're training at mount gravatt okay (laughs) yeah and yeah the icn posing classes will start up soon as well apparently yeah exactly that'll be amazing so every time we go there we can save 10 bucks Hola. I was more thinking about the posing, catching up with everybody. Oh, but yeah, obviously, that, was... that matters too. Yeah, that'll be amazing. But everyone loves to save a bit of moolah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So coming up on the end of this episode, but last question we always finish on. One thing we want to improve this week. So Jack, what do you want to improve? So yeah, this will be a more long-term one, but basically improving my outlook on injuries and pain and kind of not being overstimulated when... I sense something is wrong and kind of objectively look at it first. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. That's that's a great thing to want to improve on. And what about you? Ooh, you know, I don't have one that's too interesting this week, but I think I'm going to say bench press again. I'm just going to do a lift again because like, like I, I said, what I've gotten for bench, you know, previously, but this coming week, I would love to try to get, you know, all four sets of 10 at that 50 kilograms for bench. And, uh, after that, you know, I think for bench, because I really want to, I still want to work, obviously, like, it's mainly hypertrophy. I'm not going to try to go for, like, 1RMs or start working in a 1 to 4 rep range or something like that. But I think for bench, I want to keep it between, like, 8 to 10 reps and still trying to get my strength up for those reps. So once I can get 4 by 10 with 50 kilograms, then I can go up to 52.5 and try to get at least 8 reps for that. So Nice. Oh, I'm excited. I love bench. I love bench so much. I love to train. (laughs) But yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of our ninth episode. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. And if you enjoyed the episode again, please remember to repost it on your Instagram stories. And we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys.